discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatim as Christ is magnified in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm glad to be in the house of God. Yes. The house of God is a very special place to be. It's a place to be thought God's word. And to be educated for, for glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So this morning I want to share with you on creating your future with words. Creating your future with words. This whole month, that's what we are talking about. It's exciting. So I'm going to be here. I have four opportunities to share with you on this particular subject. And I want you to open up yourself. Just get excited and receive the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, I want to start with First Peter chapter 1 from verse 3. First Peter chapter 1 from verse 3. Can my life be beautiful? Can your life be glorious? Can your life be full of joy? Full of excitement? You know, Christ came to die for us, for us to have joy. Can you imagine? That the kingdom of God, some people feel that the kingdom of God is not supposed to have any excitement in there. For most people, you have to be holy, sanctimonious. Of course, being holy is not a problem. It's very important. It's part of, the, it's part of our calling. But um, Christianity is not a barely get by life. Up and down. You know, trying to get by. Trying to do well. Trying to uh, be happy. You know, you're not supposed to be happy. So, they feel that all the bad things that um, come with not being happy should happen to Christians. So, they expect that you will not prosper, for instance. It's as though money is bad. Money is evil. The Bible didn't say money is evil. The Bible said that the love of money is the root of all evil. He didn't say money was evil. It's as though you shouldn't have a good marriage. I mean, every bad thing you can think about is thought of with respect to Christianity. And so many people don't expect much. You know, they don't expect much from, from being a Christian. That is why they don't place so much premium on it. It's like you are better off going to a certain type of school. You are better off working in a certain type of um, establishment you are better off, you know, associating with a certain, you know, certain types of people. The family you are born in is more important than being a Christian. But Christianity is God's pathway to a life of dignity, of joy, of glory, of power, of grace, of majesty, of beauty. That, that is God's pathway. That is God's mood. That is God's method for bringing joy into your life. If you read in Romans, Romans chapter 14, verse 10. Look at Romans 14, 10. 
He says, but why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set up not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, jump to verse 14. Go to the place where it says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy. Verse 17. It says, For the kingdom of God, look at this one. It says, For the kingdom of God, do you know the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is what we are in now. You see, when you become born again, you join, you are brought into the kingdom of God. Okay? It's not everyone in this world who is part, who is part of God's children. God's creation and God's children are different. You, can, you are a creation of God. Every human being is a creation of God. But it's not every human being who is a child of God. They are two different things altogether. God loves every one of his creation, but he has another type of love for his children. Immediately you get born again, you are made a member of the kingdom of God. So if you read in Colossians chapter 1, from verse 12, let's look at it and we'll come back to this one. Colossians 1, from verse 12. It says, Giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet, or qualifying us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Wow. Next verse, verse 13. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son? By virtue of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, we have been translated into the kingdom of his dear son. The word dear son is the son of his love. We are in the kingdom of the son of his love. That is, in the kingdom of heaven, which is included in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven is the aspect of the kingdom of God that includes human beings, which was started by Jesus Christ when he came on earth. So when Jesus came, before Jesus came even on the scene, we see John the Baptist announcing the arrival of the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. So we are, as soon as you get born again, you become a child of God. You become a member of the body of Christ. You become a member of the church. And you become God's own bona fide child of God. Amazing. That is something to be excited about. And what that means is that you are now in the kingdom of God. And he says that the kingdom of God is not a place of sadness. It's not a place of destabilization of your life. It's not a place of distraction. It's not a place of going down. It's a place of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul mentions um, how that the kingdom of God is also not in word, but in power. So the kingdom of God has four things that are in there. Righteousness, peace, joy, and power. All in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So we have, been, we have been brought to a place of joy. Can you imagine Jesus died so that you can have joy? I mean, who does that for anybody? <laughs> Jesus came so that you can be happy. So that you can be excited in life. So that you can have the best in life. So if, if you read in, a, in John chapter 10, verse 10. This is Jesus talking. He says, The thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and have it, and that they might have it more abundantly. Let's, let's read in the Amplified. The Amplified is nicer. The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they, ma- they may have and enjoy life. They may have life and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. I mean, if you don't like this, what else do you like? Joy to the overflow. Okay, let me show you a scripture in John. John, John chapter 17. You will like it. So, Jesus did not come to make you sad. Jesus did not come to 
put more burdens on you. He came to take the burdens away from you so that you can be happy. So anything that does not make you happy is not something that is willed by God for you. Now, I'm not talking about just any kind of happiness. Understand what I'm trying to say? Don't go and say that. Oh, they say we can, whatever makes us happy, we should do whatever makes us Remember, remember, the kingdom of God is what? Righteousness. Is what? Righteousness. So whatever you do outside of righteousness, that brings you happiness. It's not of the kingdom of God. Do you understand? It's first of all, the kingdom of God is founded on the foundation of righteousness. Righteousness is so powerful. I'm going to be sharing concerning it during the Wednesday services. So when the last message was supposed to play this Wednesday, then from the next one, I'm going to be sharing concerning um, righteousness, sin, walking in the glory of God. Okay, on that level. But this one, I'm going to I'm sharing concerning creating how to create your future with your words. Okay, and I'm just giving an introduction of it. Okay, so John chapter 17. Let's let's read from verse 11. 11 is nice. He says, and now, this is Jesus' prayer. This is the Lord's prayer. The Lord's prayer is not our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Jesus was teaching them how, the manner, the manner to pray. In other words, when you're opening your prayer, thank the Father, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Start glorifying the Lord. He didn't say, quote what he said. Then pray about his kingdom being established on earth. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth. Everybody must be born again. Everybody must see his glory. Everybody must see why he came. So pray about it. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then he says, give us this day our daily bread. There's bread for you to enjoy every day of your life. There's something good from the Father for you to enjoy every day. So he says, pray and receive what he has for you in a day. Can you imagine the number of people who have died without enjoying the goodness of every day that they lived? They died without it. And all those ones are there waiting for you to enjoy. If only you, you want to. You like good life. Don't be, don't, be, don't be too cultured about it. It is God's will for you to have joy. Look at it. It says, and now I am no more in the world. So this is the Lord's prayer. This is Jesus' prayer. In jo- if you look at verse 1. Look at verse 1. Same book, same chapter. John 17, verse 1 now. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father. So he started praying. The eyes come, glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. Then he started praying. He prayed for the disciples and prayed for us. He prayed for us. Can you imagine? So go to verse 11. I'll show you what, what he said about us. And now I am no more in the world, but these are, the, these are in the world. And I come to thee. Holy Father, keep through thy name, thy own name, those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. Next verse 12. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou givest me I have kept, and none of them is lost by the son of perdition, which was Judas, right? That the scripture might be fulfilled. Verse 13. And now I come to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Can you imagine that Jesus prayed that you might have his joy fulfilled in your life? He says, I'm come that you may have life and have it to the full. And joy. Live and enjoy life. I will enjoy myself in life. Yeah. Because there are a lot of Christians who are living a barely get by life. Full of sickness. That is not the glory of God. 
full of defeat. A lot of Christians can't, you know, walk straight, bold. A lot of Christians are broken with all kinds of things, from sin to defeat in life to everything that you can think about. But that's not the, that's not the will of God. That's not the design of God. Because his kingdom is a kingdom made up of righteousness. Peace. Anything that takes you away your peace. Your peace. That peace that produces prosperity. That peace that causes you to, to dwell in tranquility. In a tranquil state. If that is not there, that is not the kingdom of God. God wants you to have joy full of peace living in righteousness. And having his power flowing through you consistently, constantly, into every single thing you touch, every single thing you do. That's the design of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let's go back to First Peter chapter 1, where um, we're supposed to start. I, I, I was just introducing it to you. So He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, sometimes I say, God bless God. Have you heard me say that before? Yeah. It's in the Bible. Blessed be, be the God. Blessed be God. Who can bless God apart from God? So God bless God. Blessed be the God, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us or has given birth to us. Are you born again? He says he has given birth to us again unto a lively hope or a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He says because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, we have a hope in life. What hope is that? The hope that one day this body of ours will be trans- transfigured, will be changed on a certain day. If we are alive when that day comes, we'll be changed. If we are not alive when that day comes, this body of ours will come out from the dead. So death is not the end for a Christian. Paul said to the Corinthian church that if only in this life we have hope, then we are of all men most miserable. One of the joys of being a child of God is the fact that death is not the end of life. Death is just planting of a seed. If you plant a seed, it is not done. It looks as though it's gone. But give it some few days to come out again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So he says, God has given birth to us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Next day, verse 4. To an inheritance. Every time he talks about the born again experience, he talks about the inheritance that he has given. There are inheritances here on earth that you have to enjoy. And there are inheritances there in heaven that is promised for you to enjoy. So he says, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that faded not away, reserved in heaven for you. There's, a, there's an inheritance reserved in heaven for you. He has begotten us unto a living hope. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that faded not away, reserved in heaven for you. Reserved in heaven for you. Reserved in heaven for you. There's an inheritance here on earth for you, but there's an inheritance there in heaven for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go to the next verse. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. There are different kinds of salvation. This salvation is the salvation of the body, like I was talking about earlier. That's the hope of the church, which is the transfiguration of our bodies on a certain day. There are three major kinds of salvations, or three major levels of salvations. The first one is the salvation of the spirit. The day you become born again, your spirit man is saved. Your spirit man is saved at once and forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If any man be in Christ, is what? He's a new creature. As soon as you give your life to Christ, your spirit man is saved. The real, your spirit man is the real you. After that salvation, there's a salvation of the soul. 
Do you see? Your spirit is saved. You are a spirit being. You have a soul and you live in a body. When you become born again, your spirit is saved. But you don't, you are not uh, uh, made to go to heaven immediately because you need, your soul needs to be transfigured and transformed. The glory of God inside your spirit must show out through your soul. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, with the transformation of your soul, your body is also transfigured or trans- uh, changed or saved on a certain day when Christ comes. I don't want to go through that. If I go there, I'll, be, I'll lose you completely from what I'm supposed to say. That's why I'm not touching it too much, okay? But I want us to read. Go to the next verse. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Verse 7. That the trial of your faith be much more precious than of gold, that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. All these are very powerful, but let's go on. I don't want to talk much. Next verse, verse 8. Whom having not seen, it says, Jesus, whom having not seen, you love. You love Jesus? Yeah. Have you seen Jesus before? He says, even though you have not seen him, so this is you. He says, even though you have not seen him, you love him. In whom though now you see him not, yet believing. Do you believe in him? Yeah. Even though you've not seen him, you believe in him. Then he says, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Even though you have not seen him, you believe in him. And in believing in him, you rejoice with joy unspeakable. That is full of glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You should see us worshiping the Lord and praising God. We've not seen him before. We just read about him from the scriptures and from the testimony of those who have seen him. Yet we are full of joy. He says you are very special. Whom have not seen you love, in whom though now you see him not, yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Next verse, verse 9. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. You see he's mentioned another type of salvation here. This is the salvation of the soul. The first one is the salvation of the body. This is the salvation of the soul. Hallelujah. Next verse, verse 10. Of which salvation? He says, when it comes to our salvation, the prophets of old have inquired and they have searched diligently. Can you imagine that prophet Elijah was inquiring from God and searching the scriptures diligently concerning you and concerning me, concerning our salvation? Isn't that amazing? You know, when you don't know what you have, you treat it anyhow. If you don't know what you have, first of all, if you don't know what you have, you, you don't get to use it. If you have it and you don't know its value, that is, a, that is a challenge of Africa. We are sitting on gold. Africa is rich, but Africans, most Africans are poor because they don't, they don't know what they are sitting on. That is not our case. Because we are higher than that. Hallelujah. Yes, yeah. of which salvation the prophets have inquired and said diligently. Who prophesied? They spoke of the grace that should come unto you. The prophets spoke of the grace of God that should come unto you. They searched concerning it. And prophesied concerning the goodness of God to you. Can you imagine that God, the same God of the Old Testament, who seemed to be very angry, do you see? If you read the Old Testament, you wonder, ah, who is this one? Is it the same God we are serving? It's the same God. You see? Same God. Yesterday, today, same yesterday, today and forever. Same God. But they needed to do so much to get close to him. 
Right now, you don't need to do certain things to get close to him. Because of what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary, we are now in the presence of God. God is in us. We are in God. I mean, we are surrounded by God everywhere you go. Can you imagine? He says that of which salvation the prophets have inquired and said diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you? And you are living in that grace right now. That is why I'm here to help you understand that grace and help you appreciate what God has done so that you can live the life God has destined for you to live. Do I have a good purpose in your life? Look at the next verse. I'm just I'm trying to help you identify. That's what we do in church, to help you identify what you have become. Did you ever hear of the story of the, the eagle that um, was hatched with the chicks in a poultry farm? Do you ever hear that story? An eagle can fly and fly on the highest to the highest point. It, the, the, the height to which eagles go to cannot be reached by any other bird in the world. But this eagle was born with the chicks. And was eating chicken food and walking around with the chicks, sleeping in, in, a, in a hen coop. Can you imagine? For so many years. One day it lifted its head and noticed a bed flying very high and realized that that bed looks like me. It looks like me. I don't look like this, but I look like this one. You see, it took him seeing someone else to remember and notice what he can do, to know what he could do. And that, mark, that day marked the change of his life. You can be born again and be living the life of a chicken. Because that is what you have reduced yourself to. That is what you have reduced your mind. You don't know. The Bible says they know not. Neither do they understand. They walk on in darkness. I have said that ye are gods and that ye are the children of the Most High. But they shall die like men and like one of the princes of the world. Why? Because they know not. Neither do they understand. So God sends us into your life to help you get to know what you have become. Because not, they say knowledge is power, isn't it? The knowledge of God is so important. The knowledge of God is what transfigures your life. You know, there was a day, if you read in Matthew chapter 19, there was a day when Jesus took his disciples, Peter, James, and John, to a certain mountain. And as he was praying, Matthew 17, and after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them on up into a high mountain apart. He took them to a very high mountain. Next verse. And was transfigured before them. The word transfigured is metamorpho. It means to be changed from within, outside. So as Jesus was walking around, the glory of God was inside him. But it was not seen because flesh was covering it. He was, the, he was the power of God and the glory of God in the earth. But he was not seen. He took this people aside. And the Bible says that as he prayed, he was metamorphosed. The glory of God inside him changed his garment to white as snow. The glory of God was inside. The disciples didn't know. They had seen him walk on water. They had seen him do all kinds of things. They knew that he was a son of God. He was a Christ. But they didn't, they didn't understand some things. So he took this three and was transfigured before them. Wow. Do you know that same glory that Jesus had in him is the same glory that is in you right now? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, let's keep reading. I have so many things to share with you. Go back to First Peter chapter 1, where we're reading. First Peter chapter 1, we are in verse 11 right now, right? 
Okay, let's read from verse 10 to 11. From verse 10 to verse 11. Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently. Can you imagine that the salvation you have was searched for and inquired about by the prophets of old? Jeremiah was looking for your, for your salvation. Can you imagine that Christians want to be like Elijah? A lot of Christians want to be like Elijah. A lot of Christians want to be like uh, Jeremiah. want to be like Moses. Meanwhile, the glory of God that they had cannot be compared to the glory of God that you have. But because it is covered by your flesh, you don't know. You need a transformation. You need a transfiguration. For you to see exactly what has happened to you. And it comes to the knowledge of God. That we give to you in the house of God. That is why you must not miss any church service. You see, there are different types of churches. Okay? There are places where you may go, you may not hear anything. You know it. The preacher knows it. <laughs> you know it. The preacher is also aware. But then there are certain places like this one where when you come, we lift the mirror of God for you to see exactly what you have become so that you can undergo the metamorphosis that God wants you to undergo. The change that God wants you to undergo. For you to fly high in life. Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and said diligently, who promised out the grace that should come unto you. Next verse. Searching. These prophets were searching night and day. Searching what or what manner of time. They were looking for the timing. What time is this going to happen? Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify or did talk about. When it testified, the Spirit testified or spoke concerning the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. That's what God moved them to search and to write concerning the sufferings of Christ. And the glory. Has Christ come? Has Christ lived on earth? Has Christ suffered? Has Christ died? Has Christ resurrected from the dead? Has Christ ascended up into heaven? Has that, all of that has happened, right? The Bible says that there's a glory that should follow. He says we're searching concerning the, the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. We are the glory that should follow the sufferings of Christ. Say, I'm the glory of God. I'm the glory of God. In the earth. In the earth. And, I live and I live that life of glory. That life of joy. That life of power. That is my life. Hallelujah. The glory that should follow. Is this true? Is this true? That's why I ask you, has Christ come? Has Christ suffered? Has Christ died? Has Christ been resurrected? Is he ascended up into heaven? The glory that should follow has come. Verse 12. I love what the scriptures say. It says, unto whom it was revealed, that not unto themselves, this was revealed to the prophets, but it was not revealed for them. But unto us, Kelo Unto us, unto you and I, they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. So not only the prophets desire to see what, how, how the kind of life we'll be living, but even the angels are desires to look into our salvation and the inheritance that we have and the glory that we have and the grace that we enjoy. And the power that we ought to live. Wow. wow. Even the angels desire to look into. So if you're reading Colossians chapter 1, go to Colossians chapter 1. Let's read 
verse 24 into verse 27. Colossians 1 from verse 24. Wow. So this morning, I'm trying to unveil to you the life of glory that you have been born to. You see, I'm talking about creating your future with what? With words, right? Now, you ought to know what has happened so that you know what is expected of you. Do you see? You have to know what has happened to you. What has happened to me? Where am I? They say, man, know thyself. You see, there's a young man here who plays the trumpet. I don't know if he's around today. Mingo. You will think it's a joke playing the trumpet that he plays. You'd be surprised that if all of us should try to blow that trumpet, not even one of us may be able to do it. Not, not even one of us may be able to make a sound with a trumpet. You'll just be blowing air into it. Because it takes, it takes a certain type of skill to be able to do that. You can't win the 100 meter dash, you know, without knowing what type of body you have. <laughs> and whether you are able to. Do you see? You, 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 there are things you can't do unless you know what you are and where you are, the premise upon which you are. You must know yourself. Man, know thyself. You must know yourself. So you must know yourself with respect to who you are as a child of God. If you don't know, you, 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 you've not started. You can't, you can't, there's nothing, you can't do much with it. Some people say, oh, Christianity has not done anything for us. Christianity is not supposed to do anything for you. What have you done with your Christianity? That is a question you should be asking yourself. What have you done with your, you are supposed to do something with it. And it starts off by knowing exactly what has happened. What has happened to me? What has happened to me? Can I live a life of glory, a life of joy, a life of excitement, a life of power, a life of dignity, without having to be, be ashamed in life? There are a lot of Christians who are ashamed. They have, they have shame because of something that they did or did not do, or something that they missed. Do you see? What is God's mind concerning your life? I'm trying to show you. Look at it. It says, Paul says, who now rejoice? I now rejoice in my sufferings for you, for the church, and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for, the, for his body's sake, which is the church. Next verse. Whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word or to complete the word. Paul is saying that God gave him a responsibility of fulfilling the word of God or completing the word of God. In other words, what Paul wrote what Paul and his people wrote was a final revelation of God. So if someone comes to tell you that I found a new revelation and uh, the, new re- the new revelation is not in the Bible, you should know that you have, a, you have a deceiver right before you. Because the grace to complete the word of God was given. The word fulfill is complete. In other words, to bring to a completion. Do you see? Uh, so when it comes to the revelation of Christ and of God, it is finished. But there are different depths to that revelation. So what we do, that's why we read the same book, which is the Bible. The more we read it, the deeper we go. The more we live the life of God, the deeper we get to know it. If the scriptures have not said something, don't follow it. Because Paul was given that grace to complete the word of God. Next verse. Look at verse 26. It says, even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations. There's a mystery that has been hidden. There was something that the prophets were looking for, which is our salvation. Isn't it? Yeah. 
they were looking for it, they were thinking about it, they were writing concerning it, but they didn't really understand, they didn't know the timings, they didn't know what was going to happen. They didn't know how it was going to be, how, 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 how are things going to be, they didn't know. It was kept as a mystery from them, and this mystery was kept from even Adam. Adam through all the way until Jesus came. Even John the Baptist did not know. Jesus is God. So when he came on the scene, he brought that mystery. He opened up that mystery. And what is that mystery? He says, even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to all, to who? His saints. Who are his saints? You and I. He says, that mystery is now open for you and I to enjoy. Next verse. To the saints, to whom? To, to the saints, God will make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery. The mystery comes with a glory that is rich. Now, when we say glory, glory, this, this is the meaning of glory. Glory means dignity. Glory means majesty. Glory means excellence. Glory means beauty. Glory means power. Glory means splendor. Or wait. Do you see? If the president, I came in, everybody stood up and clapped for me. Do you see? I have a certain type of wait when, when it comes to you. Right? If the president comes, I don't know what you do. Maybe you jump higher. <laughs> but everybody, there's, there's a weight that human beings carry. You see? If the um, American president is coming to Ghana, you'd be surprised that they will let all the, the schools in Ghana close. And let all the students go and, go and line up on the road. And wave at him. Were you here when Clinton came to Ghana? Yeah. Were you in Ghana when Clinton came? Yeah. Were you alive? Yeah. This was what, 97 or so? Yeah. 97 or 98? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All the school children in that car were lined up by the roadside. <laughs> and we were waving at him. There's a certain town in, in the middle, after the airport, before you get to, uh, the, if you are going to the then presidential palace, which is a very wild place. Okay, it's a, it's a, it's a ghetto, basically. They blocked that side. They blocked... I don't want to say some things. They blocked that whole place so that the president of America will not see that side. <laughs> and they opened the, the nice apart because he had come with a certain type of weight do you see glory is weight say weight weight ability to make a difference is they believe that the American president will do something for them when he comes and it will mean something for them when he comes so they prepare to meet him in the same way, in another spirit, you have, a, you have a weight in another spirit. You have a glory in another spirit. Okay? That makes demons and principalities and powers line up to wave, wave, at, wave at you when you are passing by. That demon-possessed man said that, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? The sons of Sceva are trying to cast out the devil. And the devil said, I know, they said, we cast you out by the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches to come out. Then the demon said, listen, I know Jesus. We are all here. We, I know him. And I know Paul. When he tells us to go, we can go. But who are you? 
And they jumped on them. It was seven sons of Sceva. Seven sons of one man called Sceva. The demon-possessed man jumped. One person, he jumped on them, beat them, tore their clothing, and they ran out of the place naked. Hallelujah. Because they didn't have any glory. So, he said, this, this particular scripture is very, very important. Colossians chapter 1, what I'm reading to you. Go back there. He says, to whom? To the saints, God once has made known. When he says, I don't know if you have other versions, um, maybe Amplified. To whom God was pleased to make known. Do you see? So, it's not something God is trying to do. God has done it. Where? It's in the scriptures. He's done it in you, and he's made it available in the scriptures for you to read concerning it. He says, to you. God is, was well pleased, pleased to make known how great for the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery. This mystery, this information is rich in glory. It's rich in beauty. In other words, with this particular knowledge, okay, you'll be rich in beauty. Every side of your life will be beautiful. Every aspect of your life will be excellent, beautiful, enjoyable. You have dignity all the way. Do you understand? You will have weight, both in the spirit and here in the physical. You have excellence. Your life will be full of excellence, full of joy, full of excitement. Never a dull moment, never a sad moment. You know, some people say that, some people say that oh, I've had a very bad day. Today, today is not a good day. It's not really. No, if you're a child of God, it's not supposed to be like that for you. It's not supposed to be like that for you. Every day, is lived is a day lived from Mount Zion, on top, on the highest point of mountains that you can think about. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory means honor. Honor, praise, blessings. See, there's a riches of glory. There's a riches of blessings. There's a riches of honor. You honor upon honor upon honor upon honor upon honor upon honor. Dignity upon dignity upon dignity upon dignity. Riches of the glory of a certain mystery. Then he says, which is, this is a mystery. The mystery is this. Christ in you. This is the mystery. That was hidden. This is what everybody was looking for. This is what every, you see, it's not, it's not even impressive. Do you see, it's not impressive to you. Uh, you are not moved much. But this is, this is the reason why Jesus came. This one. So that he can be in you. And live his life in you. And make your life beautiful on every side of your life. Did Jesus ever suffer in his life when he was here on earth? No. You see, the sufferings of Christ was intended. It was intentional. He gave himself. He sacrificed himself as an offering for you and I. So that we can be brought as children of God. And so that we can live the glorious life. He lived whilst he was here on earth. There was a day Jesus was preaching to some people. And as he preached to the people, he preached to them for three days. Jesus never organized the meeting. The glory of God in his life brought the people to his meeting. There was a day Jesus was going into a certain mountain to go and pray and relax. As he was going, someone saw him. And the person said to somebody, Jesus is the one going. Then it started spreading. Jesus is going, Jesus is going. The whole town, everybody, Ran out of the towns. It wasn't just one town. Many towns. They all ran out of the towns. And went after Jesus into the desert. To hear him for three days. He was not going to. He was not organizing a meeting. He was. When the glory of God is in a certain place. You wouldn't want to go. Yeah. You know at the Mount of Transfiguration. 
Peter said, Peter forgot about his wife. He forgot about his children. Yes, he forgot about everybody. He said, Lord, let us make us three tabernacles. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Because Moses and Elijah had appeared to Jesus Christ. As he was transfigured, Moses and Elijah appeared. And were talking to him concerning his death, his burial and resurrection. Do you see? And Peter, James, and John saw it. And when they saw it, they were so amazed. The glory of God was so, was so much. The weight was so much. The honor, the power, the joy. Joy that, you see, there's some joy that is unspeakable, that is full of glory. It's, it's unexplainable. You don't, you don't know how, people don't know how come you're happy. Even though things are not going well in a certain way, you are still happy, you are still fine. You are okay. Someone goes through that and dies, but you go through that and you don't die. You are better off. You are smarter, you are wiser. When Peter saw them, he said, Lord, let's make three tabernacles. Let's dwell here forever. We want to be here forever. The glory of God in, in your life is what will attract customers to your business. For people to come and buy consistently without knowing why they are buying it. It's not in your marketing. No. Marketing is powerful. It's good, but it takes a longer time. You do your marketing and you work on the glory of God in your life. Or rather, you work on the glory of God in your life and you do the marketing. So this is the mystery that was hidden from ages past. Everybody was looking for it. That Christ will be in you one day. And he's in you today. He says, Christ in you the hope of glory. What does it mean? The word hope is elpis. E-L-P-I-S. And it means confident assurance. It means joyful and confident assurance of an expectation. Okay? Joyful and confident assurance of an expectation. Of good, blessings, honor, glory, any good thing you can think about. So, the word hope there does not mean, oh, we are hoping. You know, when people say hope, they say it in a defeatist way. Oh, we are hoping that it will happen. That's not the kind of hope he's talking about. He's not talking about the human kind of hope. He's talking about a confident assurance, a joyful, confident assurance of expectation of good, of blessings, of anything you can think about. So he says, Christ in you. Christ lives in you. That gives you assurance of sharing his glory. Have you seen it? That gives you assurance of what? This, this, this is even wrongly, you know, interpreted. Because he's not talking about sharing his glory. Because we share his glory. By virtue of our, our new birth, we share his glory. Look at John chapter 17. So that I can just clear that up for you. John chapter 17. Let's read this time around from verse 18. As thou, this is Jesus still praying, right? As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. Next verse. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the faith. Next verse. Through the truth, rather. Neither pray I for these alone. He says, I'm not praying only for these disciples that are with me alone. But for them also which shall believe on me through their word. Who is he talking about? He's talking about you and I. Hallelujah. So he says, I'm not just praying for these people. I'm praying for everybody who will believe, believe in me through their word, which is you and I. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So this is Jesus prayed for you. John chapter 17, Jesus' prayer for you. I think you should be interested in that prayer. 
find out what he desired for your life before he died. Next verse. I pray that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Next verse. Then it says, read this one to me. I think you should read it. One to go. Read it once again. I have given them. Did he say, the glory you give me, I'm going to give to them? He says, I've given it to them. So the glory that Jesus had, even before he died, he gave to you before he died. And when he rose from the dead, the glory that he had when he rose from the dead, he gave it to you as well. So in 1 John chapter 4, verse 17, look at 1 John 4, 17. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. As he is now in his glory, in his power, in his honor, in his dignity, in his joy, in all the beautiful things you can think about, so are we now, not tomorrow, now, here in this earth. So you have been born for, I'm trying to let you know that you have been born for a life of glory. The day you got born again, you were born into glory. You were given God's glory. We live in his glory. And because Christ is in us, there's only one thing that you can expect in your life, glory. What does glory mean? Glory means joy, unspeakable, full of glory. Glory means beauty, dignity, excellence, virtues, power, grace. Every nice thing you can talk about. That is what your future is composed of. So next year is not going to be bad for you. Tomorrow is not going to be bad for you. There is no accident that is planned by whoever. Even the devil can plan it. Makes no difference. It can't touch you. It can't do anything to you. So you ask yourself, how come some Christians get an accident and die and all these things happen and all that happen? During the week, there was a very gruesome accident that happened in, in Kumasi. Very bad. The whole family died. The whole family died. Pregnant woman with a child, with a husband, bent to death. I don't know who they are. I don't know if they are children of God. I don't know. But they could be children of God. If you don't know what God has given to you, you'll be like that eagle who eats with chicken. When your food is up there. You know eagles can even kill serpents. They eat, they eat snakes. Live snakes. They catch them by their head. Take them away. By the time he's taking it into the sky, it's dead already. Yeah. An eagle is powerful. Strong. Every Christian is an eagle. But most of them die as chickens. All because they know not. It's so sad. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a pain. It's a pain. It's a pain. You see a Christian whose, whose body is ravaged with sickness, with disease. Dying of a cancer. Dying of an incurable disease. Why? Because he doesn't know. That he has been born for glory. He has been born for health. When you look into five years from now, what do you see in five years from now? What do you see a year from now? What do you see two years from now? It says Christ in you. The fact that Christ is in you is your confident, joyful assurance of the fact that tomorrow is glory. The next day is glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. 
Christ in you, Christ in me, I will never be defeated in my life. Christ in me, joy unspeakable that is full of glory. Christ in me, beauty like never before. Christ in me, blessings, health, prosperity. That is my life. Say that is my life. Don't let your environment deceive you. Don't let what someone else said to deceive you. No. What has God said concerning me? What has he said in his word? Christ is in me. Christ is in me. The confident assurance of glory. Remember, this is the glory that they were all looking for. They were looking into it. They were searched diligently concerning the grace of God that should come to us. And concerning the glory that should follow after the sufferings of Christ. Jesus is living his life through me. Remember, I was talking about Jesus. Three days with the people. They needed food. Jesus asked his disciples, what do you have? He said, we have five loaves of bread with two fishes. Then he said, but what is it among so many? What is it among so many? Jesus took it. The Bible says that he gave thanks. And he gave to his disciples and said, give to, the, give to them. As they kept breaking the bread and giving to everybody, the bread was not finishing. It was going. The fish was not finishing. It was going and going and going. One time, he fed 4,000 men without women and children involved. The women and children here are more than the men here. There's every gathering has more women and children than men. But they used to count only the men in those times. So the men were 4,000. There was another time the men were 5,000. They said, what is this among, what is this so small among so many? That Jesus who multiplied the bread. It's, it's called the miracle of creation, multiplication. He created more bread. There was a day the disciples were looking for fish. You know, he did this, this thing twice. Once before his, his death and the other after his resurrection. Peter said, we have labored and trialed throughout the night. We've not caught anything. We didn't catch anything. We've gone into the deep. We didn't catch anything. Right there on the shore of the sea, Jesus told them, cast your nets on the side. Peter didn't have much faith, so he cast his nets. Jesus said, cast your nets. But Peter cast a net. He didn't, he didn't believe much. He wasn't expecting much. Within a second, that net was full of fishes. And the Bible said the fishes were so many that their boats sank. Their boats started to sink. That same Jesus who did all these things is the one who is living inside you. Can you imagine? Jesus is not sitting in heaven. Okay? He is sitting in heaven. But he's sitting inside you. <laughs> he says, the mystery that was hidden from ages is that this miracle worker will live inside you. Jesus likes, he likes it when people are happy. He went for a wedding. Their wine was finished. Their mother said, talk to this man. Talk to my son. He can do something for you. Because she had seen some things in the house. Yeah, she had seen a lot of things in the house. He said, talk to him. Jesus said, it's not yet my time. He said, whatever he tells you, do it. And he made them take water to the highest person in the, in the wedding, at the wedding. They took water to him. And when he partook of it, it, was, it had become when? Yeah. Whatever needs to change in your life for your life to be beautiful. 
Listen, Jesus is sitting inside you, I tell you. He's sitting inside you. The glory you need. I don't know what you need in your life. But as, as human, you, human beings always need something. Yeah, there's always something that is going on around that needs to be sorted out, that needs to be solved. You know, that needs to happen, that needs to change. Christ is inside you. And because it's in you, there's hope for glory. There's confident expectation of constant glory for your life. Hallelujah. Let me add one last thing and then I'll close. I saw a preacher who preached for 35 minutes. I was surprised. And his church is bigger than mine. I realized it's a good thing to do after some point. We are hoping to preach for 35 minutes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, so let me show you the last scripture. Say, Christ is in me. Christ is in me. Say it again. Christ is in me. me. I have confident expectation. expectation. Confident assurance. assurance. Joyful, confident assurance of expectation. expectation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My life can only go up. Upwards and higher. Only. There's no, there's no genuine Christian who has a testimony of a bad life after giving his life to Christ. No. If you are, even if you are not paying attention to Christ, he still finds a way of making your life beautiful. Yeah. How much more you start paying attention to him? And when you start listening to him? The way your life will be beautiful. You'll be surprised. You will not recognize yourself. You will not recognize yourself after some time. Yes, you will not. People will not recognize you. People will wonder what has happened to you. Yeah. Yeah. When you start paying attention to Christ in you, paying attention to the one who is inside you, see, I'll pay attention, I'll pay attention. to the one who is inside me. Yeah. He will lead you. He will guide you. Every step of the way. He will make your life sweet. Someone sang a song and said, it's a good life. It's a sweet life. You know, I like living this kind of life. It's a good life. It's a sweet life. I like living this kind of life. Have you heard it before? It's by a certain man called Andre Crouch. Very, these are old songs, but very beautiful songs. He knew Jesus, so he sang very good songs. Yeah. Bishop Doug used to use it as his intro for his teaching ministry on online, on, on radio. This is 98, 99, 2000. It's surprising that when I say 98, it's like it's so old. It's not. It's not. It's not so old. Mommy Dems were alive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not so old. So, can you imagine? Can you imagine? Listen. Can you imagine? That mommy dems have mates who have died. Do you see? But they are still alive. And they're going to live more and more and more and more and more. You have a responsibility of making sure you don't die. Don't die before your time. It's your responsibility. Because as far as God is concerned, one of the things that God has done for you in Christ is that he has given you death. Death is yours. Can you imagine? That you decide when death should come. He says he satisfies his beloved with long life. Nothing is meant to kill you. 
Nothing can kill you. But if you don't know, something can kill you. Death is yours. So you can be here. 50 years from now, you can be here. 60 years from now, you can be here. And then you say in 2016. This, this is what happened. And your children will be wondering what you are talking about. So you have a responsibility of not dying, okay? What do you think? Because as far as God is concerned, he has given death to you. And he says he has broken the power of death. And has delivered all those who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Hebrews chapter 2, from verse 14. He says he has taken, he has broken the power of death. He has dealt with the one who has the power of death. For as much as then as their children of their children, sorry, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the sin, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. Next verse. And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So you have delivered from the fear of death. But if you don't know, you'll be afraid to die. And you'll be conscious of death and death will take you. No, see, I'm not dying now. I'm going to live and live and live and live and live. Hallelujah. Okay, so let me show you the last scripture. I have so many. But I, want, I just want to show you. Next Sunday, we'll pick it up again. And then we'll go a little bit more, okay? But I want to close with this. This is, this is nice. Okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm going to read all the way from verse 7 to verse 12. See, I've been born for the life of glory. Say it again. I've been born for the life of glory. What is glory? Weights, beauty, splendor, joy, excellence, beauty. Every good thing you can think about is glory. Glory is also praise. Like people see you and start praising. Wow. Wow. Giving you accolades. Wow. Hey. Charlie, have you seen that lady? Have you seen that gentleman? We used to see him in the area. Hey. Look at where God has taken him. David said, God has made me a wonder to my generation. David was an area boy. He was a shepherd boy. Moving sheep and cattle into the desert for them to go and graze. And God made him fulani. God made him king over Israel and gave him so much glory. So much glory. So much wealth. So David checked his life and said that God has made me a wonder unto my generation. The people in the generation wondered at him because every day of his life was beautiful. Every day of his life was beautiful. Even in the cave, in the caves of Adullam, in the caves when Saul was chasing him, he was happy. Can you imagine? He was so happy that even when he saw Saul sleeping in the cave in which he had gone to hide, he didn't kill Saul. That is a man who is, who is established and accomplished in his place. He didn't, he didn't kill him. But he took a portion of his skirt to show to him that, listen, I've been close to you, but I didn't do anything to you. I don't mean any harm. But the Bible says that even that one, his heart smote him after he had done that. He, he, he was not happy that he did that, that he cut his king's cloth. I'm not happy. He was not happy at all. Yeah. That's glory. David had so much glory. So much glory. That's how God has made you. The glory that David had cannot be compared to the glory that you have. See, I'm living in glory. Listen, we are so going to shake this country, I tell you. Did you hear what I said? I said we, me and you, we are going to shake this country so much. 
we are going to sh- people will look at us and wonder what what is it when did you people come when did these people come how come these people are so prosperous how come these people's lives are working if nothing is working in this country we will be working everything concerning your life will work to the glory of God you will see glory every single day of your life you only keep going higher and higher and higher and upwards and forwards and upwards and forwards that is your life the Bible says my Bible says that the path of the righteous are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus it says your path is as a shining light that shines brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter unto the perfect day see I'm shining brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter give the Lord a shout sit down for a moment my last scripture 2nd Corinthians chapter 3 from verse 7 I will never go down I keep going higher and higher my life is full of joy every day I'm full of joy listen people wonder at you people wonder at you people wonder what is going on what is going on with you why are you so happy why are you so joyful why is it that things are going on around you and you are not you are not you are not afraid no I'm not afraid I'm not afraid see I'm not afraid because I am in Christ and Christ is in me the one who walked on the water he dominated the, the elements of this world he's sitting inside you and I what can't he dominate what what he dominated the, element, the elements of this world he, he calmed the sea he calmed the waves he told the waves to shut up and shut up he walked on the sea and he's inside me what challenge can I, can I not walk on? No. Challenge is not enough to prevent me from going forward. There's nothing that can limit my prosperity. There's nothing that can limit my advancement. There's nothing that can, can limit my glory. Nothing. Nothing can limit my glory. Nothing. I've been born for the life of glory. And my future is only full of glory. It's what I'm telling you is that things is what I got to know years ago. That was why even though we were in a small place, the cabin was maybe like this stage. That was the whole church. This stage is even, is even wider. I don't know why. This is longer. This is too long. My wife was there too. It's too long. Maybe somewhere, if you divide it into three, it's two. And then up to where you are sitting. From here to here. That was it. That was the church. That was the whole of Love Economy Church whole of Love Economy Church. And this is not long ago. As of 2012, April of 2012, we were in that building. We left that building ending of April 2012. When the church started in November 2011, we were there. That was where we started from. Yes. Just eight years ago. You wouldn't have joined the church. But the few of us, listen, the few of us who were there caught on to these things that I'm sharing with you. And we started talking about the future. We knew that the future can only be bright. We knew that the future cannot go anyway, but become better. We knew that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We knew nothing could prevent our success. Nothing. 
the economy cannot prevent our success. I used to have this confession. The economy of this country will not determine how my life goes. And I still have that confession today. The economy of this country will not determine how my life is going to go. Are you saying that for yourself or you are keeping quiet? So it doesn't matter where you are now, which corner you are in. You may be sleeping under a bridge today. You may be sleeping under a bridge as I'm talking to you. Know that a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, your life will not be under there. You'll be on the highest pedestal. You'll be rolling with the big boys. Because you'll be a big boy. That is your life. That's your destiny. That is your destiny. You were born to roll with people of influence. Yeah. That is your life. Living in righteousness. Displaying the righteousness of God. And the glory of God. That is your life. So even though we're in that small place. We're, we're making confessions. We're creating our future. Has it worked? Has it worked? Has it worked? Has it worked, has it worked baby? Has it worked? It has worked. And it's still working. How are we going forward? Same method. Same means. Same way. I know. I know who I am. I know that Christ is in me. I know that Christ is in me. I'll never go down. I keep going higher. And higher. And higher. Christ in me, the hope of glory. The confident expectation of glory. I'm confident in the expectation I have concerning my glory in the next few months. In, the, in tomorrow. Five days from now. Ten days from now. Fifteen days from now. Fifty days from now. Six months from now. My life can only go higher. My life can only get better. It can only get better. It cannot get worse. It can only get better. I'm getting bigger and stronger and greater. By each day, I'm getting wiser. I'm making all the right decisions. I'm going where God has destined for me to go. In the name of the Lord Jesus. That is my life. That is my life. That is my life. Give the Lord a shout. Let me show you this last thing. Take your seat for a moment. Just sit down for a moment. These verses of the Bible are a comparison between the glory of the Old Testament and the glory that we have today. Okay? If you read from verse 1, you notice it. But I want to read from verse 7 and show you some things more. It says, but if the ministration of death, let's, let's, read, let's read it in a lighter version, maybe NLT or BBA, so that you can understand what I'm going to read. Okay? The old way with loss, etched in stone, led to death. Though it began with such glory that the people of Israel could not bear to look at Moses' face. When Moses received the Ten Commandments from God, 40 days and 40 nights, in the mountain of Sinai, and he came down, the people could not look at his face because his face was shining. The transfiguration that Jesus had on the Mount of, uh, Mount of Transfiguration was similar to what he had. Jesus didn't need 40 days for that to come out. Moses needed 40 days for his face to shine. So, he says, such glory that the people of Israel could not bear to look at Moses' face. For his face shone with the glory of God. Even though the brightness was already fading away. That glory was given to fade. The glory of the old. The glory of the Old Testament. You see, Israel had glory with God. Israel Israel was glorified amongst all the nations of the earth. Israel will be fighting with another nation. And God will rain down stones with the names of the other nation on each stone. 
coded to hit every one of Israel's enemies. Yes. It was a very serious thing. They are fighting in close proximity. But not even one stone coming from heaven will hit any Israelite. It will hit only the enemies and kill all of them. Yeah. Israel was fearful. You couldn't touch them. So great. But it says the glory they had, that gave them victory after victory, cannot be compared to the glory that you have today. Look at Exodus. Shouldn't we expect, if that great glory was there, shouldn't we expect far greater glory under the new way now that the Holy Spirit is giving us life, shouldn't we expect much glory? Say, shouldn't we expect far greater glory under the new way? Now that the Holy Spirit is giving life. Next verse. If the old way which brings condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the new way which makes us right with God? This new way makes us right with God. It makes us the righteousness of God. I don't know if you understand, if you understand what I'm saying. Next verse. In fact, that first glory was not glorious at all compared with the overwhelming glory of the new day, of the new way. That glory was not what? Was not glory at all compared with the overwhelming glory of the new day, of the time we are in now. Next verse. So if the old way which has been replaced was glorious, how much more glorious is the new way which remains forever? Glory upon glory. Look at the next verse. The next verse is what I want you to see. Since this new way gives us such confidence, we can be very bold. This is what I want you to see. Let's read other versions. Show me Amplified. Since we have such glorious hope, such joyful and confident expectation, we speak very freely and openly and fearlessly. Why? Why do we speak very freely and openly and fearlessly? Because we know that Christ is in us. And because Christ is in us, we can't have anything but glory. Let's read the King James. Look at King James. Seeing then that we have such hope, he says we use great plainness of speech. The word plainness of speech is a, word, is a Greek word, parousia. P-A-R-R-H-E-S-I-A. Parousia or parousia. P-A-R-R-H-E-S-I-A. Or S-E-A. So it's parousia. And it means confidence in communication. It means plainness, openness of speech. Unreservedness of speech. You know, some people say, oh, we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, so let's, let's be careful what we say today. Have you heard that before? Let's be, careful what, let's be careful what we say. Let's be real. You know how things are going. You know that the country, when you finish school, you don't get much to do. You know that the country is so difficult for you to get married. Because there's no much money. If you have to be careful, you have to plan, do family planning so that you can give birth to one or two, so that you can take care of them. Our parents were giving birth to us. I'm the seventh born or so. I'm here. I'm not dead. That's why the Muslims are giving birth plenty. They don't think about how they are going to take care of them. We are doing planning. <laughs> Am I saying family planning is not wise? It's wise. But don't put a cap on what God wants to bless you with. Do you understand? Talk to the Lord. Let's not go into it. That is from me. It's not from God. I just said it myself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What are you going to do? He says, because we know that there's so much glory, 
So much glory from this New Testament, from the ministration of the Spirit. We are not careful in speech. We are not careful about how we talk. Man of God, if we said those things and we are seeing these things around us, what, now that God has brought, when, the, when we were just few, we were talking. Now that we are many, should we be quiet now? He says that, listen, listen, listen. When you think about your future, you start talking about your future. Don't, don't have any reservation. The word parasha is not speech without reservation. Confident, bold declarations. Do you understand? Unreserved speech. Open, unreserved speech. Free, fearless, confident, bold speech. That's what parasha means. Free, confident, bold speech. So I don't know what you are going to say about your life. How do you want your life to be? My dear, how do you want your life to be? Glorious. Start creating it. How? With your, listen, because the glory is inside. Now you are going to be bringing the glory out. How? By your speech, by your words. As you are talking, what you are talking, what you are saying is creating for you. It's creating your experience. What you say is what you get. However you want your life to go, you must say. If, you're, if tomorrow is going to be beautiful, that is why we are, that's why I've been saying so many things as I've been preaching to you. And you are wise, so you've been saying it after me. Seeing that we have this glory. This is what message. He says, with that kind of hope to excite us, nothing holds us back. Don't let anything hold you back. When we say we are doing confessions in this, in this church, eh, forget about the one leading the confession. Take it, World Cup. It's time to create your future. It's time to create your future. Listen, we didn't have anything. Do you understand anything? We didn't have anything. On a personal level and on church level, we didn't have anything. We didn't have anything. We walk to church all the time. Today, there are so many cars parked outside. I mean, it's, 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 I hear you had a car testimony. And about what? Is it eight cars or more than eight cars? More, about 15 cars were dedicated to the glory of God on one day. These are things we were seeing years ago. We said it when you were not around. All of you came as a result of our speech. We prophesied you here. We prophesied you here. Yeah. We spoke about your coming. That people will be coming from various places. All those who are listening to the message, wherever you are. We have churches everywhere. And we are coming to plant more. We are coming to do more. This church will be filled so many times more. This one that is over there, you will be, you will be shocked. You will be shocked. Even you will be shocked. You'll be surprised at the speed that put you to be full. Yeah. Ask your neighbor, what are you saying? What are you talking? Ask the other neighbor, what are you saying? What are you talking? Don't say, oh, I don't know. Me, I don't know how things are. You don't know. I thought you said Christ was in you. It's Christ in you. It's Christ in you. Then I know. Say I know. I know. I know how the future is going to be. How is the future going to be? Give the Lord a shout. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. 
Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's Word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T Podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in, and enjoy God's Word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless you.